To your yeah. eardrums and buds. Uh, well, and Sarah's here too. <clears throat> yeah, um, she's here. She's here. Just. <laughs> How do you guys feel about close up sounds? ASMR, ask Susie many rhetorical questions. ASMR cues. Yeah, it's like, are you into me adjusting? Like, mm, what about like sniffle sniffles? Sounds? What is like something? Let me try to put my neck up to it so you can hear me like swallowing. Gulp. Okay, they're not gonna hear it if you say <laughs> it was, gulp over it. It was natural. It was a natural sound that came from uh... your throat. <sighs> okay, try it again. I, I'll be quiet this time. Uh, every time I feel like it's I can't because it's your face. You're like, <laughs> you're so close up. It's. <laughs> oh. You want to hear a fun story? Yeah. No. What's up, girl? Oh my god, we might need to cut this out. <laughs> we'll cut it out. <laughs> Memo to me, but no, it's like her reaction was hilarious. What are we gonna fill it in with? Gonna be like meow Thanks for getting through all of that with us. Um my name is Brittany Britannia if you're nasty Harlan or if you're from the province of Britannia in France. Have I ever been there? No. Has anyone in my family ever been there? No. Am I named after it? I am. Anyway, that's me. And Whoa. over here, we have our co-host. My name is Sarah Maslenka. My last name means buttermilk. What's up? Princess buttermilk. <laughs> Princess buttermilk. Oh, um, yeah. Princess would be a Hebrew translation, and Maslenka into buttermilk is a translation from Polish to English. Pimping all over the world. Oh, you know what? Can I show you this? While we're on the air? Yeah, yeah. So one of my family members posted this photo of my grandfather when he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. Look at this cool old wedding photo. Oh, yeah. It looks like from the, what, the 30s or something. It has to be. Sepia tone. And then look that. Look at my grand. I'm like, isn't that my. Kids with button ups and suits and stuff on. That's like my dad's like forever head shape. And like my, my dad has that hair. It's so crazy, and that looks like like that. that, I think that's my great grandfather, and that looks like one of my uncles, like hardcore. Anyways, they were um, Polish. Yeah, they spoke. They, anyways, yeah. So that was my quick um, moment. We can cut that out too if we want. (laughs) No, nothing's being cut out. All right. 
at the end, we'll put a disclaimer. It's like, if anybody wants to fight, uh, meet me at the Culver's outside uh, in Romeoville, and we'll duke it out. In Romeoville. (laughs) Deep cut. (laughs) Hell yeah, bro. Anyway, welcome to Mindful Grooving. Um, If you are still here, and if you did not, like zoom zoom through to figure out what we're talking about wow i feel like we're closer now and i feel like we should take that into our new journey together as we discuss (gasps) what are we discussing well we were gonna discuss inner child yeah and i feel like we're in that space right now if you ask me we are we are in that space but i'd also be interested in talking about just evolution of the self and okay, that definitely that's really, pretty broad. That's, so I think childhood's going to be in there and we can discover yeah. and discuss all of it. But yeah, I don't know. I feel when I think about inner child, I do tend to want to filter out the like shadow work, inner child work, like all of the quotable uh, graphic designy kind of prompts, even though that's all talking about the same thing. But before that, I feel like I thought about inner child as uh, as like synonymous with inner desire. Like, what is your unadulterated desire? And that's kind of listening to the kid in you that's like, I want to go here. I don't, when kids don't need like an explanation to why they don't like someone and like babies are like, I'll be picked up by you and you, I don't know about and I'm going to start crying when I'm around you. And it's like going with that vibes for me. Yeah. Well, there's a part of you as an adult that, you know, depending on what you've experienced in your life, your inner child, they say is like one part trying to maintain safety and consistency through your actions and behaviors, emotions. And then there's the other aspect of yourself or another part of your inner child that's seeking possibility. And um, And where does this come from? Like, where did you? um, I looked up on a few different, um, like, like psychology based websites just looking Mm -hmm. into into what you know how do we properly define inner child because i think that's a word that um we hear about i don't know at least in in the space where i'm at i hear it thrown around in different um places and spaces um and it's just interesting to think about that because if you just pause and think about so like behaviors that you could exhibit or emotions or things that could come up from like your inner part your part of your inner child that's trying to have say safety and consistency could be exhibited exhibited or felt in um like anxiety or depression it could be felt um in like perfectionism avoidance um you know fear fear-based um reactions Mm -hmm. so um yeah i don't know it's it's this um it's an interesting concept to think about and then i even thought about like uh 
me in therapy (laughs) and thinking about like um the voices like voices you've adapted and have as an adult now and how you've kind of created these voices within yourself or some you know thus ah, we can we can dive in but uh (laughs) we're we're gonna we're we're diving in but then i was like oh man was all that work I was doing in therapy inner child work when we were talking about my voices? What do you mean um, voices? So my uh, my thing is perfectionism. I'm, I'm pretty certain I've mentioned that a number of times on this podcast. Um, and I have... I would say I have like a voice. I have a very critical voice within my head. Um, that is pretty much telling me that nothing and everything I do is never good enough. So, um, yet I also have a voice that maybe makes me feel a little bit more hopeful or maybe like tells a voice that kind of tells you, tells that critical voice to like calm down. So, um, when I was in therapy, it was trying to work out how to take this fear-based voice, this critical voice, and talk to it with acknowledgement and understanding and compassion so that rather than pushing it down, because that voice is that voice, that, criti- that criticism is there for safety purposes. So how can I speak to myself that is trying to achieve safety um, with kindness so I can like come to the realization that I am in a safe place or I everything will be okay so that I can be in the, that space of possibility or, um, I don't know, more, maybe perhaps neutrality without the criticism. Okay. Huh. How were you then as an actual child? Because I feel like there's all this analysis around inner child, yeah. but it's just like, well, like straight up, what was your childhood experience what was my childhood experience i i guess the bite-sized version yeah i was like well when i was seven um i mean i feel like i had a fairly independent childhood um i definitely can see like as a younger kid i was way more like carefree and like more daredevilish like very like you can't tell me what to do you know and i like mm-hmm. mom rebellious. mom can talk about a story about me chucking barbies mm-hmm. <laughs> um not that that's funny just that was like I my know. energy you level decide how you want to play with your toys <laughs> yeah. um but i got you know I got classified because my mom, I had a lot of energy and my mom was like, does she have ADHD? Like she, what is, what's going on with her? So my mom as an educator got me, I did all the testing. I don't, I don't sleep. I just got classified as temperamentally intense. Temperamentally intense. Uh Uh-huh. And then basically it just means I have a ton of energy and I just need to like burn it out. So I feel like that kind of, uh, explains my um, connection to productivity and work ethic. But um, I mean, I think as a child, just like there started to be like certain instances and obviously there's happened to be events and things like that. And that's where um, 
you know, I, I, I guess I, you start to internalize those things. You start to, your personality kind of starts to shift. Um, so. And what's making it shift? There were like events. My, I have, you know, I am pretty open with it, but you know, my brother struggled heavily with his mental health, Mm -hmm. um, growing up. So I had to kind of grow up a little bit faster and assume uh, an older sibling role I would I would say mm. um, and so there were things with him traumatic events that he was going through that I had to again grow up faster couldn't be the like younger little sister had to just Is embrace more maturity there would be personal consequences for you kind of just minding yours while they were going through it or did you feel an obligation i felt an obligation one to like my parents to not be a nuisance right and two like also felt like a responsibility like if i felt like for a while it was like my fault if i couldn't like cheer him up sure for example, if I couldn't make him happier or just bring him out of when he was kind of in and his And you role. realize now that none of that was your responsibility. Yeah, yeah of course. But as a kid, I, I felt like super uh, guilty about it. Hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is obviously heavy stuff. I don't want to like dive I don't into think it. it is, because everybody has trauma and like, yeah, it's heavy, but not heavy in the way that people are like, oh my God. Yeah. Because, like, everybody has a complex family dynamic. But I guess what I'm hearing is to connect it back to the childhood part. It's, like, it's the parts that you remember. And it's, like, that's how you remember it is almost more influential or informing to your present experience mm-hmm. than the, than the uh, actions themselves. And I don't know. When I look... At my past, it's like it may be chronologically, and as I tell the story and then include the bits, it does have, you know, trauma and all that stuff. But then it also has like the the rest of the majority fraction of the childhood, which is the childhood, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, playing in the forest and learning about. Blood Mary and <laughs> ghost stories and stuff. Yep. But then I'm like, if I want to just, you know, really just look at all my childhood entailed, like the good and the weird, it's like the interesting about that childhood mentality is like, even if something is fucked, you don't know that because that's your normal. And so you can kind of like dee dee through like some really crazy experiences but it is when you because I, I can't say that I've had too much of an experience you know whether regardless of if I should have felt that way or something should have snapped in then it's like I didn't feel a moment to where I was like oh this is a grown-up thing or this is like an advanced experience and I'm gonna try to like match it by trying to grow faster if anything, I was also pretty isolated by choice. I like to kind of just be on my own mm-hmm. and stare into a painting of a porcelain doll 
for oh a my really gosh. long time. And then I'm like, oh, I'm pretty <laughs> hungry. I better go downstairs and get someone to handle this situation. But yeah, it's like the further away I was from like school and like situations where I had to be social with other people. And I'm like, okay, I know I need my allies there. And I know I need to be around people. And I'm just like, most of it was like pretty, pretty isolating. And being the youngest sibling at the time, um, no one, from what I remember, like tried to put anything on me. I think I was, pre- I'm still looked at like that way today is like small sibling mm-hmm. like coddly so i feel like i've carried that into my adulthood i think i have a not everybody gets to see it but i i got some like childish vibes bouncing around <laughs> over here i gotta say but as an adult if i'm like having that like la, 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 like kind of mentality when I'm being met with something that's frustrating or disappointing or like dangerous. I I think about that response. It's like a cousin of a polyvagal response. It's mm. like fight and to say flight the and nerve. freeze. Mm-hmm. And then there's like fawning. So fawning is probably some... It's not really discussed like that in the groups that I've been a part of that are around um, like somatic-based healing, but the fawn response, I would say, is like an offshoot from, or maybe another way of explaining the freeze response, and in my experience, you guys can look it up and like figure out what that is for you, but in my experience, it's like the weirder things get and even like the, maybe the shit no just the harder just the more complex things get where maybe a very activated past self of me i think about like adoles- adolescence like early adulthood i would have maybe been reactive and being like oh my god what but now it's like I kind of, like, smile and marvel at the bullshit that surrounds me. Mm-hmm. That's Because that's cool. kind of all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some would call it cool, some would call it dissociation. And it's like... And, but I, and I also don't look at dissociation as a negative trait. Right. I think of dissociation... Uh, it's, just, it's just a choice. People could be like, what you do is to protect you or whatever, but... Especially moving to an environment where the majority of people that I will be around are new people and people I don't know. And it's like, there's such a range of types of human out in the world that if you get into these places of intimacy, whether it's collaboration or just on a personal level, um, I'm in the camp of like, yeah, I'll be open and trusting kind of innocent until proven guilty thing but if someone like proves himself guilty like pretty hard it's like um it's almost as if it turns fiction it's almost like (laughs) you become self-aware in the game and you're like go along with what's happening right now Mm -hmm. don't let them know that you've just found out and just back the fuck out just kind of gradient out of that person's life yeah, so I feel 
I do the opposite. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna like, I'm like lean hearing yours. In. I'm like hearing yours. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, I mean, once it's like, okay, yeah, obviously uh, innocent until proven guilty. But then for some reason, I find out they're guilty and I just stay. Like oh. something in me is like, no, see their redeeming qualities. See the good. I can fix prove, them. Yeah, prove that you can be there for them. Your empathy, man, it's everything. And, A um, Captain Helaho, if you will. Yeah. But I've also, I've realized that that sort of need to be supportive and... Um, overextend in that like healing giving type way Mm -hmm. is I feel like it's a way to like receive acceptance and like love Mm. which is what what (laughs) deep cut you really getting to know Sarah Bear 13 wait Um, what was this deep cut my, Are you going is, into the archives like the of this is this is like your, yeah I understand yeah okay, yeah keep going keep going <laughs> tangent alert anyways um but what was I about to say but I've also like I've had to I basically through practice and like I can't help it it's autom it's like an automatic reaction and yes. I think that's what's important to remember when we think about or if, we, if we're thinking about um maybe some of like our inner child stuff or even thinking about um trauma or just coming to like even like polyvagal theory like some of our behaviors oh sorry so sorry ASMR. ASMR. asmr um some of these reactions are automatic and you can't necessarily like prevent them but you can yeah. build a better relationship with them and understand where they're coming from so that you can make better and informed choices and, and I do believe you can reprogram what you desire to, but you're mm-hmm. gonna have to learn. Yeah, yeah. So learn that development language. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, so Ruby, JavaScript. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, right? My like my phase is like learning to be in a sense like from your book of once I see it, then I'm gonna gradiently fade out of your life. Or better yet, for me, is like being able to really voice that. Yeah. I'm or at least out of the goodbye. situation because sometimes that's how you teach people how or what you'll tolerate it's mm-hmm. like i'm here for this i'm not here for this but yeah it doesn't have to be like excusing people out of your life like when i was younger i would always irish goodbye holidays and it's like i can't go anywhere but like i would be in the bathroom like trying new hairstyles mm-hmm. while like or we're, we're our grandmother's house and everybody's doing the thankful circle i'm like nope <laughs> and i'm like done and it all and then when we started having the holidays at my house like i'd always just like be in my room by 7 p.m and it's just like i don't dislike you people now it's just like no yeah you know just uh Whatever it is, whatever you want to like diagnose and label it, there's a moment in time to this present day where I'm okay with being around people until I'm not okay at all about being around anybody. And then rather than just like stay and make myself uncomfortable and not even give these people what they're trying 
to receive from you as an exchange like you're not getting anything energy wise out of me so if i'm forcing it that's when people are like you have an attitude <laughs> yeah so i'm like fine i'll just go when it's time for me to go and i know when that is yeah mm-hmm <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I would hide out at holiday parties in my families too oh, yeah. and if it but especially if it was at our place because we tended to host specific ones and then if it was somewhere else, like, I feel like I just Which sat. Which ones? Um, my mom really loves Thanksgiving. And then we would also do, like, a Christmas day rotating-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, or even Christmas Eve. But, you know, to be honest, we haven't done, like, real big family holidays in, like, well, years. Know. But um, I can I just say on the topic of, like, the, like, prayer circles or, like, the gratitude mm-hmm. moment, I always hated well i didn't dip on the prayer circles but the thankful circles yeah well i'm like yeah i would stay for the prayer but then it was like go up to everyone and like say like peace peace or like say your gratitude or like we had this um bad catholic alert like uh, i would say body of christ or something like that and you would have to like break it off and like um their wishes for the person for the new year Mm -hmm. i hated that i would like i just I don't, I don't know why. It seemed comfortable. It wasn't comfortable. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to do that. I don't really care how close I am. Like, I don't want to, like, sit here and be like, this is what I wish for you in the year to come. Like, um, I don't know. Language isn't everything. Words aren't everything. Mm-hmm. There are ways. There are other ways to express. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned shadow work. What is shadow work? What is that? To me, shadow work is looking at what is either institutionally or societally quote-unquote wrong and bad and hidden and deep and whatever about you and then learning how to accept, acknowledge, and embrace it. Like, I get called, you know, my, my teen to now track record lackadaisical a smart ass um aloof and i'm like okay separately maybe that sounds like it sucks and then i put it all together and i'm like aloof for me means that i'm fucking even keeled of course I process all the range of human emotions and if it's coming out one monotoned, maybe it's because there's high processing going on internally. So that's mm-hmm. just turning into me knowing myself. Like a smart ass, it's like why are we mad that I'm smart and I'm quick and deal with it? <laughs> Catch up. Next point. <laughs> and it's like not really being defensive about the internal or external like parts of you that aren't just easily accepted but like i don't know i'm still learning about it because it's a new concept to me i've been more familiar with inner child work than shadow work but yeah it it does remind me i'm also very new at learning about like yoruba culture and like how it connects to spirituality but it kind of reminds me of a sentiment somewhere in there that's like you need both whatever parts those are you need both parts both poles in order to fully exist and there's no 
And then as I zoom further out on this my spirituality in general, it's like we give meaning to everything. And so nothing is 100% good or bad. It's just what we give meaning to or what we, who we subscribe to that gives meaning to it and who we follow. And so it's like, if you're being real with yourself, it's like, what's unsavory about myself to buy myself or people in the external? It's like, and then just understanding why it's necessary for your survival. And then yeah. you can choke if you don't want me to have it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Shadow side, we'll see. <laughs> it makes me think of... Um, have you read the Four Agreements? Hell yeah. But the most fragmented. And I can't just like sit I mean, there and... It's a good book to like... Pick up. Sit pick down, up. Pick it up. Pick yeah, up. exactly. And <clears throat> well, what I find interesting and like if... Hey, look, this is my synopsis. If you have a different one than mine and you're like, Sarah, what? Uh, you know what? Leave a voicemail. Let us know. Leave a voicemail. But the way I interpret this was like, just like, um, I can't tell you which agreement. I'm sorry. I'm unprepared for this mention. I didn't think to bring it up. But um, just like basically like how as as children how when we come into this world we can't even have like a sense of neutrality because everyone Mm. else's um everyone everyone is a product of of themselves their families their environments their cultures everything so it's all pressed into us um and now when you come into these these learning these four agreements or trying to embrace it it's like trying to find that neutrality trying to um strip away like those opinions or those voices or those thoughts like the only reason why we would say for example to call someone aloof is a negative like thing to call someone is because like we're told that to be aloof is bad or to say to dissociate yeah yeah to dissociate from something is 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 concerning but um i don't know i think it's it is interesting to be in that practice of how do you how are you stripping away like um your sort of layers as if you were an onion shrek reference and (laughs) and understand again like what why you act in this way why you feel maybe feel this way why you may say these things Mm -hmm. why you have these sort of relationships with people I look at the neutrality and then re-examining the whole childhood. I want to say trope, but that's not it. But I'm still going to say it. It's like when I do that, it's impossible to be completely neutral. But Mm -hmm. if I'm stripping away whatever my impression as an adult of what my childhood was, I look at the childhood position of life being like, okay, maybe that's when you have a clear reference of your purpose. Mm -hmm. It's like, what did you find yourself getting into? Not what you were put in. It's like, you know, we were put in dance, but like, what was our relationship with it outside of our programming? Yeah. And, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. And what did you do that had nothing to do with influence or the authority? Yeah. That was over you. You know, 
this is partially why I've like personally wanted to take a break from going to therapy Mm -hmm. was because I felt like we're just like digging into the same things over and over and over again. And it's like making it seem like I had a shitty ass like upbringing in life, but like that part. Yeah. I I have a bookmark for that, but keep going. I just like need to, again, like I need to pause One, I would say that I had a very happy childhood overall, despite the things that happened, because obviously I I still feel like things happen for a reason and Mm -hmm. I am who I am because of the sum of my experiences. And so I can't sit here and like be resistant to it all. And I want to now take this space and this break so I can like find my good parts again. Yeah. And try to think about those good memories or and exploring I don't know. alternative modes of therapy because I do like having, you know, talk therapy is fine, somatic therapy is good from what I'm learning about it so far, but it's like things like divination readings, which is like far side and then reiki which is an actual physical practice of energetic healing um something that's way older than the talk therapy that we know of and it's like instead of it depending on your folklore of your life from just your perspective um your the different facets and the different you know layers chakras or whatever of your energy are being examined it's like okay this at this you know more cerebral up top facet of you is flowing and everything is light and wonderful but maybe down by your root chakra which is your survival there's a block mm-hmm. and it's like okay and then it's about like reconciling yeah reconciling like the reconciliation of um just the sum of what those blockages and openings are and then you get to answer questions rather than educate the person who's supposed to be healing you like answer the questions that are posed that are going to cover your entire being instead of like and then what happened Mm -hmm. and then who's this because what i've examined while still you know While still encouraging whoever I meet and talk to to pursue therapy in whatever form they're into, with talk therapy, there is... I've experienced... Did you hear it? Oh my gosh, just so sorry, guys. (laughs) ASMR, ASMR. (laughs) Just air (laughs) traveling through bodies. It's still going, but... But yeah, I've... In my in my personal <laughs> sessions and just like I don't know, just my observations, it almost seems easier for the practitioner to want to find a place of blame and want to revolve. Like I've never fucking heard the word trauma so much, and it's like, what is the therapy for people who don't have this traumatic origin story? What is the the healing and the process for them? Because it seems to be just digging and digging and digging when that might have not even been the most influential part of their life. But when you're reopening and reopening these events without supplementing it with, well, what else was going on in your world? Yeah. 
it's like it magnifies it and you are the keeper of your record and so suddenly you're maximizing with the help of this other person that experience in your life and it's like even if you were to be neutral and not decide if your childhood experience was good or bad it's like how can you even quantify that by without judging who you are now right and it's like can you are people saying that they had a good childhood and you know are depressed because they're not as far along as they thought they would because they had this notion that like solid childhood equals success or you even have mofos out here like i wish i had more trauma in my past so my art would be cooler i do not like y'all I mean, (laughs) I don't like when y'all do it. I love you, but I don't like you. And it's like, whatever that, whatever that combination is for you. But I don't know. I did that. That struck a chord with me for sure. Because at the same time, none of it's enough to be like, no therapy. Because you have to. It's just healthcare. But it's like, do not stop at a therapist you don't feel comfortable with and you feel is painting in and taking a hand in writing your narrative yeah and who isn't obsessed or revolved around narrative when there are so many other modalities yeah well i will say that um yes i completely agree and i will go back i just feel like this last experience this dude said to me Mm -hmm. like I think maybe maybe what he was trying to get at is that he felt like I was holding back on certain things, which sure, you know, because you're building a relationship. Yeah, (laughs) but he was he basically made a comment about feeling closeness to me when I was crying. Ew. Yeah. So. No. You know what I mean? So that like that I guess. That's you know that's where I'm coming from, but like yeah. I just, um, you weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, oh, that's your foot. (laughs) I thought it was the, the, the stick. Anyways, um, I lost my train of thought here, but, um, yeah, that's really weird. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, do not be overestimating these healthcare practitioners. They can suck as hard as a mechanic can suck, as a person bagging groceries can suck. Ugh. You know, the range is, I'd say, even more spectacular because these people have your lives as a responsibility. And so, like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I've been done with that societal, like, oh, you're a doctor, so you're smart. Nah. Yeah. Nah, just do it. And if you, they can't, and that's the thing with a psychologist or a therapist, they can be smart as the day is long, but if they're culturally insensitive or ignorant and it's about the culture that you belong to, that's not going to work. If they do not know how to look at themselves like outside of perspective, like if they are intolerant of some identifi- identifying factor that you are and they try to separate that, between their work and their personal life, like, which you can't. Like, there are just so many factors. And then, like, it could not be anything that specific. You might just not vibe. And, like, if you're not comfortable, then you can't, quote-unquote, open up. And there might be some instances where you don't need to even share. Like, you don't need to go into the past at all. Yeah. It could be about what's going on with you right now. And there doesn't need to be, like, let's, you know, get out of our... 
get our detective cloak out and see what the problem of the source of it is. It's like, I appreciate a mindfulness-based therapist who is constantly giving tools and not, you know, trying to ask all of these follow-up questions and, like, analyzing. And it's like, you don't need all of that. Right. You provide value and not make it about... I don't know. Even I feel like when you sign up, when you're doing the paperwork, it's like you're putting on all of your trauma out on the piece of paper. It's like, that's not right. Therapy for me is about the tools. Yeah. Like, it's not about figuring out my past because, like, that doesn't, for me, it doesn't bring much value to keep trying to dissect my past. Like, I'm, I'm fully aware of what it is. And I know when it comes back up, but it's like, I'd rather get the time of that type of healthcare just receiving tools, grounding tools for when I am in the past and I shouldn't be. Right, to exactly. To bring me back from the future when I shouldn't be there. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, because, right. it. I mean, yeah, like, I think that's the most important component is like, you go to talk therapy or you experience alternative um, modalities because you're trying to be grounded and present in this moment. Yeah. Like you want to have these tools that you can pull out of your pocket. You want to know how to be able to breathe or you want to be able to know how to redirect your thinking or And it's a supplement. Whatever. Sometimes you need to write a book yeah, and not release it and then write another book and then release it. Like that part important as it is you like holistic is a little buzzy of a word but it's still a real thing yeah and it's like your mental health isn't just you going to a mental health practitioner mm-hmm. that's just a partner in it and then it has everything as much to do with what kind of content you're consuming what you're eating how you are using your body through the day, what your environment is, who who your who your environment is, who your social circle, all of that. And it's like Yeah. Hopefully there's a, a bit of a change in the in the talk therapist world as people are exploring all these other modalities, especially as you know. It's nothing for a psych for a psychologist's therapist appointment to be 150 200 a session. Right. And there are people out here doing Reiki for free. People doing, you know, getting their clinic hours or otherwise and it's like the the price point does not inform the quality. Right. Or if it's for you or not. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully, in addition to the accessibility, it's just like, I wonder who holds, I wonder who holds the therapists accountable. Right. Well, I would assume, you know, the, what, I don't know, I'm not even going to get into it, but it's like, you have this specific certification, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a license. A license to practice. I would love I mean, to like talk to someone. In this city, have a license. Yeah, but you wouldn't think. But I would. Yeah, I would be interested if we. Anybody listening is a. Who's in psych yeah. administration? Who's in healthcare? Who's right in now? healthcare and what can talk about like 
accountability in healthcare for the practitioners. Yeah. That'd be but, cool to talk about. Yeah. And it's like, there are also these, it's kind of like a meme where you're like, who made it? I don't know. I guess it's just general thought. But that, what, what are we calling it? A zeitgeist? The, the inner child work has been entering the zeitgeist. And I guess, I don't know. I can't like whip up a, like a mindfulness practice that directly applies to it. But I did like, again, the artist way, <laughs> the artist date where you are listening to your inner child and taking them on kind of a day out and letting them lead. Mm-hmm. And you don't bring anybody else because it's already like you and this other other presence. Have you ever done one of those like artist dates? Um, yeah, I would say so. What'd you do? Um, I, very fun. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is cleaning your apartment mm-hmm. inner child work. I don't know, did but it you, felt really good. Did you want to clean your apartment, your did. house when you were little? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, people, I think my family will classify me as a slob sometimes, but I don't mm-hmm. think I'm a slob. I think I'm pretty organized. Um, but I like... Because from what I've seen, most kids don't feel like cleaning. Yeah. I mean, like, a, I had, like, hobby. yeah, as a, I, do, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I'm yeah, very I particular know. about, um, like, organization in a sense of, like, category, creating categories and, and yeah. all that. So when I do clean, it's, like, creating categories, I mm-hmm. guess. That's how it feels. Um I went but to go see Chicago at the Chicago yours Theater. Yours sounds more and I fun. Ate a pink donut. <laughs> more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always get pink donuts from Dunkin' Donuts, and it was fun. Yeah. Like, what if you had a for real child? Would you be like, time to Look, organize the cubbies? I here, let's do it right now. Oh exercise. My God. If you I have, have a child, a it's not yours. Child. It's just a child that oh pops gosh. up, and then they're like have fun today what's going on um and like i'm into what you're into generally but i'm trying to have fun try to go out you know two and a half. one i just want to say that this <laughs> example is causing anxiety because <laughs> i've been thinking about that and i'm like oh my god i have to raise a human and i have to make them like you're this choosing whole to. i choosing know to. i know but you know raising a human being that's why i said it's not yours i know i know it's just know. a kid dropping off of space I trying to hang out like i would want to do some you know maybe would like cook together like oh, fun. bake Ooh. or something and then we but we would also go somewhere maybe play at a park or go to like some like tactical mm-hmm. kid friendly thing Maybe that's and why you like organization because of the like, it's kind of it's just like high stakes blocks or some shit. Yeah, like I just <laughs> operation, you know, kind of like Tetris, but in life, right. it's yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked the, like the gear, kind of like anything sciencey when I was a kid, you know, like, like ooh, there's like a microscope. Like microscope, I had like a chemistry set because. Mm-hmm. Dad's chemist, and um, mm-hmm. 
what else? I liked when we, there was like a, there's in Skokie, there's like this um, play place. What's it called? Blanking. Um, but they have like a wet section. And okay. it's kind of like, you know, you fill up one bucket and then it causes like a ripple effect of other buckets. So like you stumping. take them to this Skokie land? Yeah. It's just okay. like, you know, anything that's like can be a balance of sciency and artsy and creativity exploration. That's what I would do. There's this place out here. I don't know what it's called, but apparently it's this botanical garden, but it also Ooh. has these like sound pods That's like throughout. So you. Yeah. That's cool. And That's then cool. also with like the baby cooking, I saw this video of this little kid and they pre-measured everything and he had this tiny wok that worked. That's he adorable. Was cooking. That's really cute. It was great. That's really cute. Aw. Yeah. So you would be like baby walking. Baby walk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you go on this self date, are you suggesting you walk like a baby? If you want. (laughs) Well, around. I was going to also suggest like, um, in addition to like, I think that's a really actually great exercise of um, living off, you know, like doing a day for yourself because I know we've, we've mentioned it before because mm-hmm. it's just a day of living within your authenticity. Rules. It's not like, oh, I'll join you. No, you won't. Yeah, exactly. Filbert, yeah. Me. And then not having to tell anybody what the flip you're doing. Yeah. Um, I think another uh, like exercise too would just, I think, goes back into, um, like, polyvagal type thought process. Polyvagal type B. Yeah, type B type Mm -hmm. approaches and sense of, like, I don't know, just, like, continuously doing, like, body scans or, like, journaling your reactions to things, like, I don't know, uh, like, even just, like, in your phone, like, a free write, like, reporting on your day from start mm-hmm. to finish and what you felt like throughout every single point of your day. Have you made contact with like the essence of your inner child? Um, once. Okay. How, how was that? <laughs> good, good. Um, so I, I mean, we can, I'm not sure if I would classify it as, but you could tell me, no. Um, I was in a deep meditative state mm-hmm. and um, I like white light all around me and I was like my adult self, but like also like my little kid self and I was being held um, by my abuelo. Cool. And he was like in our, uh, like the rocking chair we used to have in our basement when I was a kid. That's fun. Yeah, I like that. I feel like mine had a lot of blood. What? <laughs> <laughs> so I can't remember it fully. It was weird. But times, <laughs> times before that, it's more like a chill presence, but it's like throughout the day. And it'll be when um, like I haven't eaten or something. Mm. And it kind of gives me like guilty mom vibes. Yeah. Because she's pretty much reminding me or like asking, like, are we going to eat today? And I'm like, I'm sorry, (laughs) girl. (laughs) And so like. I'll feed you. Yeah. 
So, yeah, there's a lot. I think because I went through childhood, like, but yeah, it's like bombs going on left and right, just yeah. metaphorically, but actually. Yeah. Um, I think whatever presence that is, is like, it's, it's, it's trying to get through because she needs to. Yeah, I think she just needs space to communicate and process. Hmm. And she's still, like, I've always been very shy, but I have a bunch of energy, so it's like I really save it for the people I know. But it's almost like she's coming up to me like I'm some sort of, like, elder that's external. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a lot of, like is it okay? Or like, would it be? And I'm like, speak up. Come on, man. But I'm like, no, that's me. And I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, I, 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 guys, (laughs) clearly skipped the probiotics today. I couldn't hear that one, but it's fine. It's really loud in my brain. What do you mean? (laughs) Um, uh, yeah, that's so, I feel, cause like, I feel because I was, I feel like I was alone a lot and mm-hmm. I was like always hanging out with my grandparents. Yeah. Like, so like, I feel like, yes, they, they gave me food and stuff, but like, I feel mm-hmm. like I, as a kid created like routine and like a schedule for myself. Right. So like, I, I think uh, now you're, I'm wondering, um, how to allow myself more space and processing time and like sitting with things kind of time. Yeah. Cause it's like the adult version of yourself could try to intellectualize your healing. Whereas a kid might not even know that there is healing to be done like physically or otherwise. Yeah. It's like, they don't even know with the band-aid processes and so it's like if you're applying that to you know emotional i guess maybe blocks maybe just like a moment of heightened emotional activity or just like a yeah just like some sort of like heavy energy event but yeah you're asking how to yeah get more time mm mm-hmm how to like, yeah, how to sit, I guess, for me, my personal investigation question that I'm not trying to be like super deep and analytical is just like right. how to sit. And that's it. Bing just, bong. Yeah. Bing so bong. that's that's a question I'm going to take away from this conversation. And a and, question and I'll reflect. take away on. Take away on, reflect on. Hmm. Maybe not even a question. I I guess I will challenge or ask myself, my adult self, to be a present caretaker. Mm. I think people kind of like pop in when they want to figure something out about themselves, but it's like, you know, how can I treat my inner child like a Tamagotchi? Because you oh. have to like check in or they'll just be gone yeah they'll you gotta go on every day yeah or else (laughs) you come back to your tamagotchi and you're like what happened (laughs) yeah and so it's like you know whether or not 
It's like, I'm feeling investigative. It's like checking in. It's like, because maybe she just wants to talk. Maybe she's bored and she's like, you've been working all day and what am I supposed to do? Or like, maybe she's hungry and it's like, okay, well, why is she hungry at like regular times and I am not? Maybe I need to align more with the child part of me that's just like, I want this. I'm going to tell somebody. And even like that kind of dependence, not being afraid of that kind of interdependence of like, oh, I need to tell someone else that I want something and I need something. Right. And that they have something to do with it. Yeah. Like just being cool with it. Yeah. That's what I'm into these I days. Think, I think that's fair. And I feel like even just throwing it out to the the community is like, mm-hmm. how can you invite more curiosity into your day-to-day and kind of um, like remove the thinking of like, I have to do this or I should do this or whatever productivity related um, feelings that you may have when it comes just to your day-to-day or even when it comes to like how you're healing, but how can you invite um, curiosity, invest like a playful, like I don't know if playful is the right word, but like a playful investigative um, energy into, into how you're interacting. And it doesn't have to be like uh, a long investigation or exploration. It's just today is I'm setting the intention to, um, to do this and to be open or to, to allow things to come to you. Or this week I'm going to try to assess like, what is like one thing that I can do that maybe would tap into, um, play or fun or rest or whatever. Nurturing would be self-nurturing, you know, do you get what I'm getting at? Get what you're getting at. Cool. That's a bunch. We we laid it down and we did it. And yeah. now it's time for us to get out of here. It is. It is. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks um for receiving bits of our journey. Mindful Grooving is an Agoon Artist Collective production hosted by Brittany Harlan and Sarah Maslenka. Intro music by Kenneth Leftridge and outro music by Mateo Mendoza. If you want to hang out with us after the show, hit us up on Instagram at Mindful Grooving and make sure you leave us a voicemail by hitting that link in the bio. All right. Goodbye.